on today's episode, Addressing Common Running Misconceptions, Part 1. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, and smarter runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am the guy to reach out to when you've finally decided enough is enough with your persistent running injuries. I'm a physiotherapist, the owner of the Breakthrough Running Clinic, and your podcast host. I'm excited to bring you today's lesson and to add to your ever-growing running knowledge. Let's work together to overcome your running injuries, getting you to that starting line and finishing strong. So let's take it away. bit of a different episode today that just manifested itself in the last 24 hours or so with an idea that I had. If you've listened to the last couple of episodes, you'll know that I am launching an online course and just listening to some of my beta testers who have gone through the course and offered a lot of feedback. Often they were coming back saying, hey, you should have like a quiz uh, that we could put into the course just to see how people are learning, just test their knowledge and kind of just have a lighthearted, fun kind of quiz just to see if they're progressing. And what I did was I designed the quiz. I put it at the top of the course just to see what people's level of knowledge is like to start with. And then they're prompted to do that quiz again at the end of the course to see how much they've improved. And I thought that'd be a really nice idea. So I put together that quiz I was really happy with uh, the questions that I came up with and thought I would just put it on social media. So I did that the last couple of days. I put it onto Instagram, Facebook, and I think I did Twitter as well. But the responses I got was amazing. Like within 24 hours, I had uh, up to 100. I think at the time of recording, it's now at 102 and blown away. And it gave me really nice data into what runners are thinking and where their uh, misconceptions lie and what they think about their running form or recovery or pain. And it also gave me the idea to do a podcast like this. I assume uh, that those who are listening to the podcast have a bit of a heightened level of understanding around these concepts as compared to the general population of uh, the social media following that I have. So your pressure's on to see how you go with these quizzes. The uh, responses, I've come up with about 13 questions that I want to raise in these type of podcasts, and the responses were quite varied. And some of them are, there's a lot of misconceptions that are quite common out there, as I've come to realize. And I thought I'd break it down into three parts. So this is part one of addressing these misconceptions, and I've grouped them, this one being around pain and pain science. The second one that I'm going to do is around about running form, and the third one is around tendinopathy. And each episode will be around about five, four or five questions that were in the quiz, and then we have a look at what the people's response is like and what I think about the answers and those kind of things. If you haven't taken the quiz already and you want to participate, it really only takes five minutes. Like I use Typeform, which is um, this software that generates this quiz. So you can just click on the link and it gives me the average time it takes someone to go through the quiz and it's five minutes. 
So if you want to do that, there's 30 questions there. Some of them are true or false. Some of them are multiple choice and you can choose multiple answers. Um, others are multiple choice. You can only choose one answer. So if you want, uh, you can press pause, click on the link that I'll put in the show notes, which will be to the quiz and see how you go. And then we can start addressing some of the answers. It's not going to be all of the answers. We're not going to go through all 30 questions, but just some of the trickier ones. If you want to share your results, a lot of people on social media are tagging people that, um, in the quiz post. So they tag their friends to participate in the quiz. People are screenshotting the scores they got and they're sharing that. So uh, if you want to participate that way, that'd be really good to uh, raise awareness of the quiz. But this quiz is meant to be quite tricky. And some of the questions are a bit borderline unfair with uh, some of the questions and the design and the tricky wording. I haven't tried to make it like to fool you, but there are a lot of um, difficult puzzling kind of questions in there. Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign up link is in the show notes. So fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. And we'll go into it now. So this episode number one addresses all the pain science. And if you wanted to recap, or if you haven't listened to already, we have a module on pain science and why people experience pain. But let's go through the first question that I want to raise and let's see how you go for an answer. So it's a true or false question for number one, nerves have to connect to a body part to the brain in order for that body part to experience pain. Let me, let me say that one more time. So nerves have to connect to a body part that connects to the brain in order for that body part to experience pain. So true or false, what would you think? In the uh, response and the answers that I've got, 65.7% think that's true. Six, so that's 65% of the people that went through the quiz thinks that a nerve has to connect to a body part and that body part has to connect to the brain in order for that body part to experience pain. But it's actually false. And a good way to, or a good way to summarize that would be to understand that the brain, all pain comes from the brain 100% of the time with no, no exceptions. And a phenomenon that helps dispel this myth is the phantom limb uh, phenomenon that's around there. So people who have amputated limbs from traumatic histories or even uh, people that are born without certain limbs. So if a baby is born without a leg and they grow up and some of them can experience phantom pain, they experience things like itching or burning or pain in the foot that isn't there. And that's because 100% of the time the pain is produced from the brain without any exceptions. So it doesn't necessarily need to have nerves connecting to that body part in order to experience that pain. What does need to happen is the brain has this um, homunculus. So even though uh, if you were to have a foot amputated, the brain still thinks the foot is there because there's that part of the brain, the part of the foot is still in that brain. So there's still an area that represents your foot and so if there's any warning signs or the body thinks it's in danger, 
then it will send pain to that leg that isn't there, but you still experience that pain. Okay, <laughs> hopefully that, that makes sense. Let's move on to question number two, and it is chronic pain means that the injury hasn't healed properly. And I know there's a lot of people out there that do are suffering from chronic pain. Maybe you've got knee pain from running or Achilles tendinopathy, and let's just say that has gone on for 12 months. I've had people um, that I see in my clinic that have had pain for years. And so I raise the question, does chronic pain mean that the injury hasn't healed properly? 53% of the people have said that's true, and the answer is actually false. Chronic pain doesn't mean that your um, the tissues haven't healed properly. It means that the, the brain has uh, recognized or prioritized what you're doing as a threat to that area, and that's why it wants to send pain signals. So it's not necessarily whether it's healed or not, it's whether the brain recognizes it as danger and will uh, fire pain signals accordingly. This taps in a lot to the third question that I have, which is, this is a multiple choice, you can choose multiple answers. Number three is, what can potentially prolong your recovery? What uh, is it about recovery that can inhibit or um, delay the healing response and delay your recovery process? So it's A to D. So A, continuing to run with an injury. B, avoiding everything that causes pain. C, the benefits you have, or the beliefs you have attached to your recovery. And D, the fear of re-injury. It's a bit hard in an audio format to look at all of these, but this one was really, um, I think the wording that I used was incorrect and I've actually changed it since because all of these can prolong recovery except I've put here number A, oh, letter A, <laughs> continuing to run with an injury. You can still run with an injury as long as there isn't a flare-up the next day. And <clears throat> like we want to we want to monitor pain responses. We want to monitor your pain during, we want to monitor your pain afterwards and then the next day to establish whether your injury has tolerated those loads. And you could have a one or a two out of pain during your run and the next day be totally fine. So it doesn't necessarily have to be pain-free when you're running. So that could, that's a bit of a tricky question. I've, I've removed <laughs> the option to continue running with an injury, but let's go through the rest because that was a, a, a bit too tricky and a bit unfair, I think. So let's discuss B through D. So avoiding everything that causes pain, that's kind of, uh, if you avoid everything that causes pain, let's say you have a high hamstring tendinopathy and you just forbid yourself to sit down because sitting is uh, causing pain after a certain period of time. If you bring that sitting down to zero, the brain's going to heighten the awareness and trigger pain as soon as you sit down because you've associated pain with sitting. And so if you settle down the brain by saying, okay, we can sit, but we can only sit for 15 minutes at this moment in time. Let's work on our rehab and let's slowly get back into more and more sitting. And then we should be able to tolerate more. That internal dialogue is a lot more, uh, a safer language than if you were to really heighten the or make or create like this hypersensitivity around the thought of sitting. 
So avoiding everything that causes pain actually prolongs the the recovery. And so 62% of people said that that's a, a case, which well done. Uh, number C was the beliefs you've attached to your recovery. 60% of people think that d- that does prolong recovery and that is correct. And D being the fear of re-injury and around about 60% of people have chosen that as an option to prolong recovery, which is correct as well. So well done to all of those. So B, C, D, around about 60% of the people that took the quiz were correct. So well done. The last one I want to discuss on part part one of pain is the body tells the brain when it is in pain. And it's very similar to the first question we went through. And 64.7% of the people said that that's true, said that the body tells the brain when there's pain. And like I said with the first question, that is actually false. It's actually the brain that tells the body when it's in pain based on the context of the situation, based on the thoughts and beliefs and the uh, internal dialogue that you give the brain. A way that I could explain this is let's just say you're walking and you step on a nail, but you don't realize it. The, the, The body might not feel pain, especially if you're going through adrenaline, especially if you're running, especially if it's a really fast, sudden thing. Uh, You might not recognize pain if the brain doesn't realize it's happening. On the flip side of that, if your brain thinks your hand is in trouble because you have seen, let's just say, a wasp land on your hand, and that could actually trigger pain without the wasp actually causing any damage. It could have just landed and you could have just um, seen the wasp there and the brain says danger and actually produces some sort of uh, pain signals. And those are just two, I guess, real loosely termed examples. But in both cases, it's the brain saying, okay, uh, let's determine what the level of severity is and let's produce a uh, pain response in association with that. So there are the four pain questions I have for you and going through some of those answers. It's really nice. I think it's helped me a lot in the last couple of years understanding this pain science when I am going through outside of running and inside of running if I've encountered a pain or if I see a lot of clients that are in pain or if I see um, family members who have um, like have had a flare-up of an injury. Understanding this pain science really makes sense of the world and makes sense of um, the the level of escalation of pain levels and things like that. So if you are interested in this sort of thing, I recommend going back to that pain series, having a listen. Other uh, resources, you can uh, find Explain Pain, the book. You can go to the YouTube um, videos. I've got two main videos I like people to go to. One being um, Pain Explained or Explain Pain in Five Minutes. The second one being um, Lorimer Mosley talking about pain and explaining pain. So you can look up those two on YouTube and it just makes a whole lot of sense. Find those. Let's go through this little uh, journey together. I'll be releasing episode two and episode three of these misconceptions over the coming days. And yeah, I hope you enjoy and I look forward to continuing to assist you in building your wisdom. Uh, For now, take care. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Running Smarter Podcast. I hope you can see the impact this content will have on your future running. If you want to continue expanding your knowledge, please subscribe to the podcast and keep listening. If you want to learn quicker, 
jump into the Facebook group titled Become a Smarter Runner. If you want tailored education and physio rehab, you can personally work with me at breakthroughrunning.physio. Thank you so much once again. And remember, knowledge is power.